On this episode of Cult Cinema Cavalcade, we'll be discussing Andy Sedaris' 1987 masterpiece, Hard Ticket to Hawaii, starring the bold and beautiful Ron Moss. Joining us for the discussion is Matt Pelser of A Touch of Crass for this exciting crossover event. another episode of cult cinema cavalcade i'm brandon and as always with me is your hula bazooka co-hoster cullen well i was informed that this ain't no hula oh it's gonna be some hula cult cinema cavalcade is a bi-weekly movie podcast that finds cullen and myself discussing a film from cinema's past considered but not limited to being a cult classic as a disclaimer every episode will contain plot spoilers and may contain harsh language Today we're here to discuss Hard Ticket to Hawaii. Cullen, can you give us a tidbit about the movie? Two drug enforcement agents are killed on a private Hawaiian island. Donna and Taryn, two operatives for the agency, accidentally intercept a delivery of diamonds intended for a drug lord named Seth Romero, who takes exception and tries to get them back. Soon, other agency operatives get involved, and a full-scale fight to the finish ensues. Complicated here and there by an escaped snake... Made deadly by toxic waste. Hard Ticket to Hawaii is directed by Andy Sedaris and stars Donna Spear, Ron Moss, Hope Marie Carlton, Harold Diamond, Cynthia Brimhall, and Rodrigo Obregon. Welcome back, or hello for the first time, to our 2016 debut episode of Cult Cinema Cavalcade. As mentioned, our podcast is every other week and posts on Mondays. You can find us on iTunes and cultcinemacavalcade.com, part of the Dead Radio Entertainment Network. We can be emailed at mail at cultcinemacavalcade.com and Facebook, and if you can handle it, our badass Twitter page. Yeah, it, it, it might flood your feed, just so you know. Uh, we, we, if you check it like like twice a month, it might just be too much for you. <laughs> it is amazing. Follow us. Uh, and not to wait any longer and not hold our special guests in the wings, uh, today for our discussion of Hard Ticket to Hawaii, we have from A Touch of Crass and someone the Dead Radio Entertainment Network is not embarrassed to put on their main page, Matt Pelser. Well, hi, guys. Thank you for coming on here and crassing over two podcasts on one network. I uh, I was uh, delighted to see Hard Ticket to Hawaii uh, once again the other night. Uh, in its entirety, the first time I've seen it in its entirety, and I am delighted to be on with you guys. Thank you for stopping by. 
We'll dig right in. Colin, give us a little bit of background on Andy Sedaris, if, if you could. Andy Sedaris, if you watched USA Up All Night in the 90s, there's a good chance you saw one of his movies. It, it almost seems like every one of his movies was made exclusively for it. Like kind of like the the deal that the Asylum has with the Sci-Fi Channel. But I think it was just a coincidence. I think that they were just so cheap and they were just full of skin. So the USA is like, you're perfect for our network. Like all it's missing is, uh, is Rhonda Shear cameoing in one of his movies. Yeah, it, it really does feel like like she or uh, Gilbert Gottfried are going to pop up at any point in this movie and just say like, <laughs> like isn't that wonderful? I love the girls. <laughs> I was a big USA Up All Night fan. and Because they would also show like Friday the 13th marathons. And stuff like that. But, I mean, mainly these skin movies, you're, like, in middle school, and you're watching them, hoping for that chance that, oops, some nudity got through, right? Yeah, like you're that. hoping that, that... But they cut it all out on the USA versions. That they accidentally, like, air the wrong version where their actual boobs. I, ca I can't imagine, especially with this movie, how little of it actually made it onto USA. Because there's just so much nudity in this movie. There, I don't think there's, like, a lot. I mean, I could see where it's... I think it's easy to where you could cut the nudity. Yeah, but it, but it is like every, it feels like every eight minutes. Like, have we seen any tits in a while? No? Put some tits on the screen. I think part of it, too, like the some of the language and stuff, for the time, granted this would be airing on USA in like the, the 90s, like a lot of the, the pickup lines and stuff would, yeah, they might fly now, but back then they would have been censored, right? Yes. I'm not, I mean, I guess so, yeah. I got, I mean... I mean, they're pretty straightforward with everything. I mean, this <laughs> this script is almost like pickup lines. Like they, they they move this no, movie through pickup lines. You're you're right. Like every scene is just like some skeezy. Not every scene, but most scenes is just some skeezy guy. Like, hey, uh, want a hump? Like that's what every line <laughs> boils down to. It's, and, I mean, that's, the women too, but especially the men. And it kicks yeah. off with two terrible lines. That are that are that sound ADR'd. I don't know what is one of the first two lines. You should get in, Rowdy. The water is great. Are you kidding? I've got better things to do with my body temperature. All right, let's jump right into it. At uh, it's about saying we have this ADR line. We're at a yacht club in Honolulu with <laughs> Donna and Rowdy, and uh, it, it's one of the many scenes. I don't call what's in this movie sex scenes. I call them topless kissing scenes. Yep. That's what it is. Yeah, you're <laughs> right. There's no real, yeah, there isn't sex. There's just nudity with people hugging. <laughs> it's it's like a girl in a bathing suit bottom, a guy with his shirt off, maybe pants, maybe maybe bathing suit, maybe Speedo. But, I mean, that's pretty much, that's what you and, get. And then she says, I think she says, like, check this out. And then she takes off her, her towel that she's wearing. I'm like, okay. <laughs> I will check it out. Thank you. Basically, all this scene it introduces us to two of the main characters and gives us like the background on Donna that she's with like some drug enforcement agency. Yeah, called the agency. <laughs> the agency, which is what strings all these films along. That uh, Andy Sedaris he made twelve movies, and I guess they all take place in the same universe with a, a, a group called the agency. Characters show yeah. up and come and go. The agency in these movies is kind of like the shield of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, where it <laughs> binds them all together. <laughs> this one has Donna, who is in like eight of these movies, so she's somebody to follow. They they called the the Triple B series. 
bullets, bombs, and babes? I would use a different word instead of babes, but sure, yeah. Yeah, well, it's also, I guess, also lethal ladies, which lethal is an acronym, apparently. I don't know what it stands for. And you can also find it called girls, guns, and G-strings. I which, believe that's, that's what my set has. Yeah. Yeah. That's the version I have. Yeah. Sedaris, who, yeah, basically, a little background. He made these just pure action movies focused on exploiting, you know, explosions, guns, and tits. And he cast Playboy Playmates and Penthouse Pets in these action star roles. Yeah. Every one of these movies, you will see uh, a lot of nudity, um, a lot of explosions. And they also have, like, some kind of unusual like vehicle in them like every for whatever reason like we'll get to the unusual vehicle in this one but it's not even like a um like a focal point it just happens to be in the movie and i don't think they even realize that they're doing it but they're doing it after, after the yacht club yes after after our first test be like hey hey we're here and we're gonna show them so stay tuned for more uh a marshal and his protege they stop at this like pot growing field to check it out they have some like deal where it's like yeah we kind of bust them but not hard and you know they're allowed to you know they end up getting back and i get a, i get a cut of it or something like that do you know what the deal was with no i just know there were a couple of guys that showed up like oh there's a uh, guy's uh doing some pot stuff over here so let's uh let's go over there and check it out and that's what i got out of that scene yeah uh, then, but they show up and it's a huge, a bigger operation with machine guns and stuff than they expected. They try to run away, but they get caught in a trap, and then they get like shot up with a shotgun. Yeah, it's just so yeah. right away the movie's like, hey, we got boobs, and people are gonna get like shot up with bloody. And the opening credits can't afford graphics, so we get pieces of paper stuck to to crates yeah they're delivering the the credits yes and i thought i was like at first i was like oh man you know dvd must have like killed the mystery of this because they look i look like a piece of paper on it but it looked like they were trying to pass it off (laughs) as it was spray painted on there but later on no they're stapling paper to the crates that looks like you would have spray painted yeah it looks like they took like a grocery bag and spray painted the credits on them and stuck them each to cargo boxes and you see yeah. guys actually stapling them to it uh, <laughs> at some point uh, it's really it's it's one of the strangest opening credit sequences I've ever seen well you have this one where the, these two guys are holding the lid and you can almost like feel someone going and action to like <laughs> put it down yeah like like at every part of this i can i can just hear andy sedaris in my head like okay turn it turn it back it up keep going okay we got it okay good on to the next one and the music for this does the music for this remind me it felt like it was leftover tracks from like the 1990 ninja turtles movie To me, it sounds like a like a '90s corporate training video. <laughs> yes, it looks it's like fun. it too. It looks right, like yes. it too, like <laughs> it really an does. industrial training video, and that's what the opening credits would look like. Harassment at the loading docks. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised if uh, Sedaris got his feet uh, wet in uh, the industrial video sector. He was a he was a sports director, like TV sports. 
Apparently. Is that why that's in this damn movie? Yeah, yeah. He he worked for yeah football games, stuff like that. And he, he claims to have pioneered like all like instant replays, stuff like that. But he is credited with like the honey shot, which is basically where a camera just finds a hot girl in the crowd. That seems, I like, believe that. Yeah. It's actually accredited to him. Some of the other stuff, people think he's just blowing smoke, but. What a legacy. Yes. <laughs> Well, we see a dangerous snake in a crate. Is is how we leave the credits. So all was not for wasn't uh, wasn't for naught because this this crate stuff's going to be important. Yeah, and that that uh, reveal of the snake when you watch the movie and you think, man, this is really drawn out. Get ready because the rest of the movie is going to be like that. Yes, yes. Where there's like things that are. They're they're important, but at the same time they're not important. And then something amazing happens. That's what the it's it's like an hour and a half of that, or like two hours. I don't know what it was, but yeah, that's that's the movie. Donna then has put on some clothes, and she arrives at a beach where she meets up with Taryn, who comes out of the water and then takes a shower and takes her top off. It's been five minutes. <laughs> enough with the words let's see some tits <laughs> and it's she's in witness protection for like ratting out a mob boss or something it's not really important it's not important <laughs> you, you think like in any other movie this would come back to get her at some point like the bad guys would be tied to this but no like all it really establishes is that she's a civilian and they mention it like in damn near every scene she's in to get the point across that she doesn't work for the agency. The funny thing is Donna isn't just the agency. She's working a cover job that's like a like she transports packages on a plane. How about that, you know, what if Taryn was somebody who ran that job and kept Donna there as a cover? I am honestly like, surprised. I'm honestly surprised that you guys got this much out of one viewing because because it is so difficult to discern a story from from this movie, especially when half the scenes are with topless women who can't act. I'm, the only priority for actresses in this movie is look great topless. That's number one. Uh, acting ability is a distant second, if not third or fourth. Holding a weapon optional. Yeah. 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 Look like you know like, what you're doing. Yeah. Do, do, are you willing to take your clothes off? Great. Are you marginally literate? You're hired. <laughs> Sedaris rules. And Donna, who we see the most of, is one of the worst actresses in the whole movie. Then she gets to come back for seven more movies. Uh. <laughs> she looks great topless. She must have given some favors, maybe. I don't know. Who knows? <laughs> they go to work at the cargo shipping plane, and they have a job. They have to take a snake wonder which snake that would be and some newlyweds to an island and they load up and we get our theme song which couldn't have played during the credits we're gonna have a nice long plane trip to play the entire theme song which i thought was quite pleasant because it was really spectacular scenery is really beautiful you're in hawaii you know it's helicopters and waterfalls and mountains and it's just beautiful for about you know three minutes while hard ticket yeah. to hawaii plays uh, it's a glorious, uh, glorious song. I love that there's all that beautiful scenery. There's that goofball song. And then it's punctuated in there with like the um, the couple in the back just like sucking face. <laughs> and I don't mean kissing. They were sucking face. It was like, oh, gross. And then you see a waterfall. Like, OK. Well, oh, it's, a, it's, it's plain scenery. 
couple sucking face, plain scenery. Donna turns head and smiles, plain scenery. Uh, Taryn turns head, smiles, plain scenery, sucking face. It was just like on a rotation. It's all very formulaic. Set, like, to, uh, set to a song that was written in like five minutes. <laughs> yes, you couldn't they hit the more. demo button on the uh, Hard to go to Hawaii. Um, it's not paradise uh, all the time. Here we go. <laughs> There's probably a lot of blow that happened during this movie, I'm sure. Oh, you know, <laughs> you know that happened. This movie yeah. was born of blow. <laughs> I'm sure that was the original a, title. A great it was on it. A great many Andy Sedaris movies were born of blow. I'm sure. Notice the only thing that they don't bust the bad guys for. They don't go after him because of drugs at all in this movie. No, you're right. <laughs> we'll get to that. But they don't. They, they, How do you it, think about that? The, the... She's a drug enforcer, and that's not what it takes to get them to bust or take down the bad guy. You're right. These There's two people that are brutally murdered at the beginning of this movie, and that has nothing to do with the rest of it. No, no they're not investigating that. It's just like people got killed. Here's some tits. It doesn't even... A, oh, law, I didn't even a law enforcement person got killed. Yeah, yeah. First, that's a mar- <laughs> Yeah. Basically, they, they get to the... They land the plane, and they escort a couple to a campsite, and I, I found it funny when they're walking, Terrence just twirling nunchucks. It's like... Oh, no, we run a cargo place. It's the closest use to um, appropriate nunchuck use in the entire movie. <laughs> True. Next, Mr. Chang. We get introduced. He's on a yacht. This will be like one of the last times you see him till towards the end of the movie. Yeah. But yeah, this guy, this white guy named Mr. Chang, the uh, one of the whitest looking guys in the movie, has a remote control helicopter with some diamonds in it that he flies over to the island. The girls end up intercepting the helicopter before these two thugs that are supposed to get it do. A little chase scene ensues. One of the cases is dropped. The girls fly off, and they get back, and they need to figure out what happened. And they say, Taryn, we need to figure out what just happened. Let's unload and hit the jacuzzi. I do my best thinking there. (laughs) And they take the snake into the hangar and go home because the best thinking is done. In the jacuzzi. Not, uh, uh, not, hey, let's figure this out right now. Let's dick yeah. around for a little bit. Then we're going to go change. <laughs> we're going to drive go... back to our place. Well, we're going to change our clothes. We're going to go turn on the jacuzzi, let it warm up. After you kick the shit out of, out of thugs, wouldn't yes. you want to jump in a jacuzzi too? I mean... <laughs> <Thank God. laughs> you were muscle. just shot at. Like it only makes sense. It's right, like... Like, as far as, you know, as far as those two guys, like, shooting at them, no. Like, they stole, like, what was in that helicopter. They have no idea who these women are because they're not dressed in any kind of, like, uniform of authority. They're wearing, like, like sleeveless, like, a cargo shirt with, like, really short shorts and cowboy boots. Like, I, I wouldn't take that as a, a uniform of authority in any context anywhere they look like halloween costume ups officers yeah they're sexy ups uh workers from texas yes those are their uniforms we turn things to edie's a restaurant where someone named charlotte comes to eat we focus on her a lot who she's not very important at all uh and a guy named ashley (laughs) is sexual harassment case just still happening and then and then she gets harassed by this guy ashley and then only to meet with a guy who apparently tried to rape her the previous night. 
who's like some <laughs> TV director, played by Andy Sedaris. Yeah, as soon as you, I saw him, I knew like that. That's absolutely the director. There's no way this is not the director of this movie. Yeah, exactly. Uh, meanwhile, also Edie, we get introduced to Mr. Romero, and it, these the thugs they show up to tell him, "Hey, um, we kind of didn't get the helicopter. These these girls took what was in there." And he says, "If brains were virgin, virgins, you'd have a clean cage." Ooh, big top. I think it was if brains were bird shit, you'd have a clean cage. Oh, was that? Yeah, yeah, yeah that's right. Okay. Yeah, yeah. But he, he did have virgins. a very difficult accent to uh, to okay. understand. Yeah, it's like what? Where would you say you come from? What? What are you? <laughs> Tropical. Yeah. yeah, exactly. This was uh, like um, like so many of the scenes where things are actually being established for later in the movie. You know, like exposition. I just my eyes just glazed over. Like I knew it was supposed to be important, but my brain just would not register it. It was just like, like white noise for about forty five seconds, and then the scene ended. Like what? What? What happened? <laughs> I was like in a fever dream for a few seconds, and then it was over. Well, I mean, that's why there's so much toplessness to kind of get to rein you back in. It's like we have some semblance of a story. It's not good. So we'll throw tits in every, you know, 14 minutes, which yeah, is that, exactly what happened after the clean cage line. Yes, we're at the jacuzzi with <laughs> where Donna they, and Taryn. Where they do their best thinking. Yes. <laughs> they open the They finally go, oh, yeah, that case. You know, we were just shot at moments ago. <laughs> yeah. Well, we should probably open it. I wonder how much time has passed for them. Like, why wouldn't they open the case, like, I don't know, on their way home? Or while in the helicopter? (laughs) They just don't care. Uh, I mean, they're like, oh, well. And they find diamonds, and they're immediately out of the jacuzzi after that. Like, Taryn doesn't even get in, does she? uh, No, she gets in. I can't remember which one uh, gets in first or whatever, but it was, like, a 90-second scene they open up the case like diamonds. Oh boy, what diamonds? Like I don't understand how they think that anything. I don't understand what they think. I don't understand how they think this could be illegal activities. They have yeah, no they... sense of urgency. But Those they do. do have... They do have a sense that the diamonds are now theirs at no matter the cost. Like the, <laughs> these are now our fucking diamonds, and we are going to hide them, and no matter who comes to get them, we will not tell them where they are. Heli- this, this toy helicopter that dropped them off that clearly wasn't meant for them. Like, apparently the agency follows the finder's keeper's rule. <laughs> right. <laughs> a rowdy returns sparring with Jade, the muscle-bound guy with a ponytail, because this is 1987. And uh, their, their buddy, the sushi man, arrives who delivers them a sandwich, but, hey, they're spies. There's there's a note in it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Basically, what they get is, we got trouble in paradise, amigo. So Let's he then, not blow past the racism yeah. uh, 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 said by the muscle-bound dude. He's, he was like, Confucius say, man with deadly hands must be very careful while slapping on aftershave. Watch! <laughs> I don't know, but it was just like, God. Oh, they don't. I mean, they, they have no shame in this movie. <laughs> yeah, 
you're right. When he isn't uh, saying, when he isn't hitting on women, he's delivering the lamest jokes and saying stuff like Kimosabi and Chief. The yeah. only person who appreciates his humor is Rowdy, played by uh, the bold and the beautiful star, Mr. Ron Moss. Yeah, he's someone that you look at like, I don't know who that is, but I think I'm supposed to. You've probably <laughs> seen a commercial or something with him, but you, you just immediately, I mean, when you say soap opera star, it's like, yeah, that guy, yeah, you could. He's very he's handsome. Goodness like, knows. They, they yeah. get it. They get their thing in a to-go box, like a styrofoam to-go box, and then they burn the note, and it like starts ripping holes. <laughs> they close the top. Yeah. They, yeah. <laughs> and they put the note. They put the note in, the, like half in the sandwich before they start the burn. I'm like, what? Yeah. Why would you light it on fire inside the sandwich, inside the the container, like? What? I'm picturing what? Andy Sedaris telling them what to do step by step. All right, you're going to take the note out. You're going to light it on fire. You're going to put it in the sandwich. You're going to put it in the box. You're going to close the box. But, Andy, it's styrofoam. I don't care. <laughs> what fire? Why are you naked? <laughs> but, <laughs> we, and back at Donna and Taryn's house, they're putting up posters from other Andy Sedaris movies in the room <laughs> to tie this in. Uh, especially a pointed out as a Malibu Express poster. There's a dick joke made about four inches. Oh, yeah. So tell me the truth, Don, about Rowdy. How's his stuff? Great. He's got four inches. Four inches? That's not so hot. Yes, it is. I measured him from the ground up. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. Like, all right, keep moving, movie. And Taryn's apparently obsessed with James Bond, too. Yeah, like numerous times that's just like, stop. It's It just feels like the... The last thing this movie reminds me of is James Bond in any way, shape, or form. Parody, anything like this? No. Like, one of the hackiest things you can do is mention a good movie in your bad movie. And they do it more than they should. Uh, outside, an intruder cuts the phone line. Uh, one of them attacks Taryn, and they're looking for the diamonds. Donna Donna says they're in the hangar, and the uh, the attacker that takes Donna to the hangar gets tricked, and they scuffle, and the snake crate gets knocked over. Taryn gives up the diamond location, says they're in the freezer. So uh, they strictly go in there just to free the snake. Right. And so we, we learn that they want, the, you know, it's like, hey, where are the other diamonds? We need the other box. And they're like, we don't have another box. Outside, Mr. Ramiro's just waiting for the car, unmasked. He, like, dropped him off. Like, you guys go in there. <laughs> And and the snake like shows the up. Kids at school. Yeah, the snake shows up. And he freaks out. And just like it's like way the fuck away from him, oh, and he, he starts firing at he it. He is so afraid of snakes. He shoots at it from 20, 30 feet away. Yes, <laughs> clearly like, a safe distance. <laughs> Intruders leave, and Donna she she grabs her gun and gives chase, and she shoots she shoots and hits Seth right in the face. Like oh shit! Is Usually this- just to be some like. Bow, bow, Missing, and then, no, gets him right in the face. The first in a series of unfortunate events for Seth. Then we see a a straight Charles Nelson Riley on the phone, I believe. Is that right? (laughs) Yeah, the guy from the the crate factory who also deals deals in snakes. And 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 newlywed newlywed, uh, honeymoon commissions. (laughs) Yeah, that guy, he's he's got his hands in a few different activities. Yeah, he calls them to let them know, oh, we took the wrong, you got the wrong snake. Um, this one's com- contaminated. <laughs> and and what, is, what do they 
con- what is it contaminated with? I-, I believe I took down the quote here. Uh, that snake has been infected by deadly toxins from cancer-infested rats. It'll kill anyone that comes in contact with it. <laughs> this is not character development for the snake. <laughs> no. <laughs> this is this is just a pile of confusion that that they're going to assume their meathead audience doesn't understand or or is 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 made to be afraid of. People are afraid of cancer, right? Well, hey, there you go. It's toxic. <laughs> it's got cancer. It's got I don't know. It's bad. Don't it's got, don't, a, it's got death in it. Don't go near it. It's a big damn snake. It'll scare the shit out of everybody. <laughs> Instead of taking action right away and figuring out what's going on, uh, the girls get dressed up and dolled up and go to dinner at Edie's <laughs> with the creepy manager. Yeah. Yes. And uh, Ashley says, Mm-mm. "Look at you two. Every shot a postcard. I'm going to give you the best seat in the house." Oh, and where's that? You can sit right here on my face. Why? Is your nose bigger than your dick? <laughs> Yes, exactly. More of that clever, clever dialogue. It moves the story along. So Edie... Yeah, actually doesn't even need to be in this movie at all. He's the most superb... Well, no, I don't know yeah, if he's the most someone, Someone's got to run the place while uh, Edie leaves and be there to answer questions later on, I guess. So they just had someone like, all right, we need someone here. How about he says the filthiest, grossest thing in the whole movie? <laughs> Edie is a part of the agency. Contact, whatever that means. Contact. And they ask about Seth Romero and the Diamonds, and they need to reach they need to reach Rowdy, because you know, that dude don't leave his number, y'all. He's hits it and quits it, right? That's how he rolls. <laughs> that's, that's what they teach him in the agency. Yeah, and then we have the the woman bartender eerily has her eye on them. Like, I mean, it's you know, like, okay, I get it. She's bad. But, see, when I saw it, I felt like do they mean to show her, or is just... I thought, you know, at first I'm like, okay, she's going to be involved with something, or this is really accidental. Like, it, it looks like it could be accidental. It, she it just sticks out because she's just this blonde with, you know... With a lot of makeup. A lot it just of looks kind of weird. And, like, eventually you realize, like, oh, that is an important person. Yeah. Because for a while you don't think it is. A lot of the people in the restaurant are regular. Everybody's clothes they're wearing are kind of toned down. And she's just like mm-hmm. super 80s lit up. So you can, she sticks out. All she needed was a fanny pack and a cassette <laughs> of Ace of Bass. While, while they're there, a guy named Jimmy John Jackson comes to talk to two beefy guys to sell them vitamins. Is that what he's doing? I thought yeah. he was just, just like a vitamin enthusiast. He, I think, yeah, okay, yeah. He's, cause he's a former athlete turned, like this whole. Jimmy John Jackson, he they did too much to just have a guy for Terran to fuck, right? Like that's that was <laughs> it, no, that was it's really unnecessary. All he was. Yeah, yeah, he yeah. he doesn't need to be there at all. One of our friends who who watches this, uh, he calls him stunt cock because that's really what he is. <laughs> He's really just a guy there to do Terran. That's his only role in this yeah, movie. But they try to flush him out. Yeah, they, 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 like every scene he's in, you can just like stare at the wall and you'll get as much information that's pertinent to the movie the as part, watching it. Yeah, the part where we talked about that felt like wasted time with the Charlotte and the guy who tried the TV director that tried to rape her, that's introduc- introducing the Jimmy John Jackson storyline. Storyline. Triple J. <laughs> the Triple J storyline. But more importantly, the bartender taps the phone. She sticks this 
suction cup thing on the phone and she can hear the call. That means it's tapped. Not even on. Yeah, it's just it's on the base of it. She puts it. I'm surprised they didn't just just use like a like a tap from a keg. It's like there, it's tapped. Like it's not how it works. <laughs> Basically, it's a Sedaris device. It's like, yeah, you know what she's doing. Just deal with it. Rowdy and the girls talk, and they're like, okay, we'll come out and help you guys. You know, stay with Edie. And he says, take a look at Seth's beach house. Jade, of course. And Edie, speaking of toys, I can't wait to see yours. <laughs> <laughs> what a stud. <laughs> yeah, they're they're impressed. Yeah, but. girls are impressed by some of the worst pickup lines in this movie. Like this is, it's yeah. <laughs> I I feel bad for the kid who grew up on these and then tried to use like why yeah. are girls why isn't this working? Like in any other movie, the the men would be slapped, but in this one they're like, yeah, like you said, what a stud. Yuck. Yeah, they say him and the girls are like, why are your pants still on already? Come on. <laughs> that cleverness deserves a reward my boobs <laughs> Seth gets the message from Michelle at the bar and Triple J we then find out is a friend of Taryn he says the Ashley guy has a great one here hey wait you go down on her you're gonna be kissing the back of my head cause I'm already gonna be there cause I have to <sighs> explain my fucking joke <laughs> <laughs> yeah that was um was that the grossest line in the movie or the sit-on-my-face line? I don't know. I, we, you can have a top ten. There's so many lines from Ashley. You can make a top ten and still be, like, missing 30 of them. <laughs> and he's not in the movie that long. No, he's not. Literally everything this guy says is just a disgusting line. He's like, he's like a grosser version of Snyder from One Day at a Time. Oh, jeez. <laughs> so, Taryn... Meets up with Triple J at the restaurant, and then they go to the beach and to do some topless kissing and chatting. <laughs> You're right. Just before we're <laughs> briefly reminded of the continued existence of the snake. Uh, <laughs> yes, there is a snake. And they, just, while they're topless kissing, they cut to the snake just roaming around <laughs> randomly, not by them. Mind you, just in the grass. By the way, the snake's else. still here. <laughs> and then they return Back to the cup. And it's so stupid, too, because it's like they dissolve the music from the happy couple on making out to the to the suspense music with the snake. And then they dissolve right back to the other stuff. Yeah. And Terrence says, ordinarily, I'm not this easy. The guy, Triple J, makes a joke about being with uh, British intelligence. And she goes, you're too much, Jimmy John. I'm not really Jimmy John. I'm really a British secret agent. Mm, I thought so. You give great secret service. <laughs> On the line of duty. Tea and crumpets and like that. Ooh. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. The girls yeah. divvy up the lines, too. Uh, <laughs> Ra Rowdy and Jay arrive. But it, <laughs> <laughs> when, when you see these guys, um, <laughs> I, I watched with Matt. And <laughs> when you see them standing at the airport, Matt just said, oh, my God. <laughs> Because <laughs> what um, Jade has the most douchiest outfit. On. Oh yeah, <laughs> yes, and then they have they have two trunks full of weapons that they lug yes. out with them. He's and got his well, airport security doesn't matter. Well, what does he look like? He's got the uh, he's got he's got like a muscle shirt and like acid wash jeans. Yes. Is that what he's got going well, on? Like, oh yeah, I think they so. like 
they weren't jeans. They were like ash. They weren't Zubas. They were like off-brand ash, off-brand Zubas that were acid-washed. <laughs> That's what he was wearing. And did he have his hair braided or was it up in a bun at this point? I don't remember. Do you have the man bun going? It, I, I never thought it left the ponytail, but <laughs> oh, it, it does eventually. It does. Okay. They drive. They're driving, and the thugs have a friend that I called the skateboarding guy, and he's got a blow-up doll. <laughs> he comes by first with one swipe where he's skateboarding on his hands, and then uh, the guy's uh, Jade, I think it was Jade that said it. I don't remember which one says it. Goes, <laughs> he says, he must be smoking some heavy doobies. Yes. <laughs> If if you haven't seen this movie, this is one of the uh, scenes that people have put up on YouTube as you know one of the yeah. best scenes, most outrageous scenes in the movie uh, under skateboard assassin. This is one of the outrageous scenes. I don't even know if it's the most outrageous. Scene. It is definitely one of them, though. He has a blow up doll, and he drives by and he shoots out the tires on their Jeep, and he hits Jay. Jay gets hit with a bullet, and then he comes back around, but before he can attack. Rowdy has gotten a bazooka out and not only fires a bazooka and blows him up, but he blow he sends one shot at the blow-up doll as well. Oh, yeah. How much they money back- did he waste by shooting the <laughs> blow-up doll? How much are those rounds? How much are those the, rockets? The dangerous thing in the whole movie. Where are they getting them? They have two chests that, I mean... Two of those. They have a ton of guns. Like, where are they fitting the ammo for the the bazooka? Well, I love that they hit the skateboard guy with their jeep, and he flies up in the air. Yes, like like a story up in the air from being hit by a jeep, and and that's what gets him up in the air because otherwise he should have been hit by the jeep and he should have landed on the ground, and then the guys just should have shot him in the ground with the (laughs) missile launcher. It's a, you have I mean if you didn't watch the movie and you're listening to this and you don't feel like watching the movie just at least go to YouTube and check it out it's 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 even more ridiculous than I think we're even making it out to be it's yeah, it's you, it's you hilarious in hard ticket to Hawaii this will be like one or two when you search for it if if the movie didn't have your attention and didn't have you locked in and excited for it this this should have gotten you all of a sudden gotten your attention and you're down for the rest of the film. If you're not glued to the seat at this point, just turn it off. Yes. Because it's, you're, you're not going to get the rest of it. Uh, we then go to check in on the newlyweds that we dropped off at the beginning of the movie. And the snake, uh, or well, the guy is taking Polaroids of his wife. Like, yeah, baby, check it out. Oh, move this way. But then the snake attacks. Like it comes in. It, it very clearly looks like it's like a snake puppet. Like it was like, it look, you know, like a sock puppet, you know, like that kind of shape. And it's just like someone's arm, like craning in to like the, the scene into, into camera. It's like the world's like stupidest 3d movie. <laughs> we'll check back in on the newlyweds later, but Jade has gone to the hospital, oddly enough. And he, you know, makes some perverted line about his injury. What happened? Some bad news and some good news. Bad news is the doctor says I'm gonna be sore for a while. What's the good news? Good news is there's a great looking nurse in there and she was extremely helpful. How helpful? Well, she kept me in stitches. Uh, you just roll your eyes like, yes, very good, you, you, you clever, clever, disgusting man. <laughs> we go back to, I guess, outside of Edie's, there's a pool. 
some girl just dives in there, and uh, Michelle, the bartender, is gonna leave Edie's because they get they get the dig on where Rowdy and Jade are. They're hanging out at the hospital. The girl who dove in comes in to talk topless to Michelle about keeping in shape. Yeah, Michelle's a smoker and apparently doesn't get topless with everybody else. Is she the most useless character? Well, no, she gets naked, so she has a use. It's been five minutes. They gotta have them. <laughs> that doesn't blown up for a while, or we haven't shown boobs. Let's as get much, one of them in here. As much as we'd like, Jade's pecs do not count. <laughs> well, she's not. Or the blow up doll. The blow up doll didn't count. <laughs> she's not completely useless because then we find out. Oh, yeah. The big reveal. The big reveal. Michelle is actually a dude named Michael. Which we would have guessed the first time we heard her, but I just attributed it to bad ADR. I yeah. thought, I thought eh, she sounds like a man. Well, maybe some crew guy uh, filled in the ADR later because uh, Andy Sedaris decided to change the line. But no, <laughs> we find out that she is indeed a man. I remember the a reveal, first... A reveal that confirmed... That probably confused some 12-year-old masturbating to the movie. Oh, my God. <laughs> like, oh, no. I, I'm, I'm like, oh, I can't wait for Michelle from the bar to get topless. Oh, here we go. I will say <laughs> this. She don't, re- don't finish. Don't finish. She oh. really did pass as a as a woman. Yeah. That, I mean, I, mean, it, <laughs> she, I, I will she, give that to the makeup the department. It was a, an odd-looking woman. Like, well, the first time I saw Michelle in the movie, I thought, like, is, I mean, it's a woman, I think. Did she just, I like, I had no skin? question. I thought it was a woman. Really? I, I, yeah. I was like. I thought, I thought like, it felt like something was off when I was it was looking. the voice. It was the voice is kind of, but you think maybe she's just some like country. And with all the poor acting and picking up playmates and stuff for the movie, you just attribute ah, shitty acting. Still has a Texas draw or something like that. But with all the makeup on, I thought, um, like, di- like, does this person have like a bunch of skin grafts? Like something I couldn't tell what was off, but I knew something was off. It's a surprise. It is. It is still a surprise. <laughs> To learn the truth behind Michael. Michael now gets into a, a van with the home intruders, and they intercept and abduct Edie, who is on her way to pick up Rowdy and Jade from the hospital. We just all get naked because she's a female in this movie, so she needs to get naked. Yes. <laughs> she just goes in a room. Yeah, she goes in a room. She tells Michelle at the time where she's going, and she goes in a room and just changes. Yeah, That's- literally all she does is change her clothes and walk out. That's it. We see all of it. For some reason. Next, Donna and Taryn go to stake out Seth's. Now, I'm going to point out this is the only time they stake out Seth's. Yet, later in the movie, we find they have a schedule of things that have happened at Seth's from research. They do so with a gigantic camcorder and binoculars. And not like a a government. You think if she's a spy or works for the agency they'd have a better camcorder than like the the shitty one that like all the sports dudes would have like that sold at like i don't know what was the sports store in the 80s <laughs> you're talking to there you go uh, i was gonna say you're talking to the wrong guy <laughs> yeah I'm, but yeah it's like a like a like huge waterproof <laughs> yeah yeah it's a huge yellow underwater camera that she's just on the beach where it's clear like okay i'm being watched apparently has better zoom than the binoculars pick up too <laughs> yes apparently a device to use for magnification yeah we see a, a frisbee match by a dude in chains with a machine gun and some girl which <laughs> we'll get to that later a helicopter lands with seth 
at the same time, the car with Edie is uh, getting dropped off, and Seth confronts her, basically. And so they're like, oh, no, Edie, now we really should care about this. <laughs> we should do our jobs. Yeah. And not just steal the diamonds. <laughs> and next, we have we have Rowdy and Jay just hanging out to the hospital with their trunks of like heavy artillery, and they're like, "Well, you know what? Let's just hitch a ride." Yeah, and apparently they do. <laughs> and everything works out for them. I want to point out that the adventure of Rowdy and Jay just to get to like throughout this movie, they go through eight or nine vehicles they travel in in this movie. <laughs> they have their jeep. They then they then hitchhike. They take Ashley's car later. They then take a different vehicle. They then take the van. Like they are the they are the planes, trains, and automobiles of hard ticket to Hawaii. <laughs> <laughs> Donna and Taryn then go to a sumo practice facility to use the phone. <laughs> yes. And there is no other discernible reason why they are there but to yeah. use the phone and distract these guys, these sumo wrestlers. The sumo wrestlers are topless. <laughs> yeah. It's, been, it's yeah. been five minutes. But it was it was clearly like, well, we've got access to a sumo practice facility. Let's use it. And at this point, Donna realizes the Michael Michelle connection. That Sherlock Holmes that she is, yes. Because the script needed her to figure it out right then. Well, doesn't she figure it out just because, like, their names kind of sound the well, same? She, she, when she's got the camcorder to zoom in on the the Seth confrontation with Edie, she sees that guy she's never seen before and says, Ryan, there's something familiar. And then they go to the sumo place, and then she goes, ah, that's it. It's Michelle. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, like, she, she wasn't, because like, there was at- a ring on, like, the pinky finger. <laughs> Was she even looking at anything when she made that realization? No. I don't think she was. She was Karen's just like. on the phone. Yeah, that's right. She was just like, you know, looking off in the distance and then like the light bulb went off in her head. Yeah. She also remembers, oh, crap, we got to go pick up the honeymooners. <laughs> <laughs> Our side business. And they go and they've been eaten alive by the snake. They have been it's- torn to pieces by it the is- snake. And I hate, I have to say, it is a hilarious transition from them going, We've got to get back to pick up the honeymooners. I'm really worried about Edie. Yeah, so am I. Oh! I don't believe it! Oh! Jamie! Oh, Taryn! (laughs) Oh, she's all torn up! They freaked the fuck out. Yes. And, and again, these people have been ripped to shreds by this snake. And they find a guy, and he's got his camera in his hand with a Polaroid that apparently decided not to develop until they got there. <laughs> and they and they and he took a clear as day picture of the snake before he was killed. <laughs> and because he because he has some importance to the creators of the film, Triple J comes back to do a broadcast with some football players at Edie's. Uh, an, they, an, they think another that, scene that's just not important at all think, to the movie. They th- he thinks his career is over when one of the football players is describing some game-winning scenario. And on the air says, Well, Jimmy John, all I said was, niggas go deep, and white guys keep them out if you can on two. Jimmy, the motherfucker's crazy, but he sure can throw. And for some reason, the director and Triple J think their careers are over. Yeah. Um, they like freak out. Well, the, the other guy said motherfuckers, right? 
Oh, did, yes. yeah. The yeah, one guy did. said the one guy said the 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 niggas go deep thing, and then the, and then the other guy said motherfuckers. So maybe that's why. <laughs> so it was a, it was a twofer. Uh, Rowdy and Jay show up at Edie's because that's that's the place. It's the max of uh, the Andy Sedaris world right now. <laughs> yes. And they take Ashley's car. They're like, "Hey, dude, now give up the keys." Yeah, they just take it. Like, yeah, they just take it. <laughs> Because that's what they do in this movie. And we got to do our snake check. He's now back at Donna and Terrence. This snake gets around, by the way, doesn't it? Yeah. It, I mean, it, it. it's either a very small island or the snake. It, I mean, it just books. I mean, if you've got the power to tear two adult humans to, to shreds, I think you can move a little quick. <laughs> the, the cancer radiation allows teleportation, apparently. Yeah. Let's just throw some more shit in there. It doesn't make sense. <laughs> Why not? Why not? They can time travel to the hell with it. <laughs> Donna and Taryn and Jade, Rowdy all get together and uh, just ha- hold on to weapons and click them and stuff in the living room. Because yes. Edie's so- been taken. Let's not focus on this being busting a big time drug lord on this island or the fact that he's murdered the marshal or, you know, whatever. He's taken their diamonds and Edie's been held hostage. <laughs> yeah, like that's the line somehow for them. And that's where we go to like a lock and load scene. Yes. That, that really does like, it's not even like, like, oh, right, I'm pumped. Something's about to happen because nothing does happen. They just like, they just play with guns for, they don't even play with the guns. They just like look at them, load them, clean them. And then the movie keeps moving. Cargo man calls again and to let him know in case the movie doesn't have time to do it, the snake's own toxins will kill it. So if we forget to go back to the snake at any point in the movie, just assume that happened. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Seth then is like, you know, torturing Edie with a sex swing thing. I pulley. She's got her hands tied. Again, it's one of those things in this movie that is supposed to be important, but it kind of isn't. Yeah. So you, you, yeah, your eyes just glaze over until the next scene starts. Next shot yeah. happens. I should say, not the next scene. Rowdy, meanwhile, has a plan to rescue Edie, and Taryn's going to help even though she's a civilian. They want to make you remember Taryn is not in this group. She's a civilian. Donna's got a video she needs to show Rowdy, which uh, is our our key to go bone. (laughs) That's what you want to call it, sure. And uh, Jay Jay then shows Taryn how to really drink vodka. Oh, God. To eat a lemon peel. He acts like he's such a badass because he puts a lemon peel in his mouth and takes a sip of vodka. Like, I don't... Like, who's impressed by this? Ooh, show me more, dangerous man. <laughs> what a stud. And then we just cut to randomly this muscle woman flexing <laughs> and, and, and twirling nunchucks. Nunchucks lady. She's... Yes. Just, she's oiled up. <laughs> fuck is this? <laughs> nunchucks! Yeah, this woman that we've never seen. And I wonder. I, I assumed. I like maybe she's the female intruder, but I don't remember that woman being that big. There's no context to where she is. It's yes. just like like a like a medium shot of her. You don't see. You can't really tell where she is, and you don't know who she's associated with. It's just an oiled up woman with her hair pulled back, that's really in shape and has nunchucks. Like, if you taped this on, like, TV back in the day and you had a VHS and you popped it in and that popped up, you're like, oh, shit, did I record over this? You're right. It does. It looks like you've turned to a different movie for about 15 seconds. Yeah. A different Andy Sedaris movie. Yeah. Let's let's be <laughs> yes. real. 
Now we got Donna and Rowdy watching the video, and this is what I was talking about. She tells him the, the shade, the guy with the, the sunglasses and the girl, he goes, she plays Frisbee with this guy every day. How do you know that? You just went there this morning for the first time. Well, they have their own routines, so they assume that other people have their I, routines. I guess so. And Rowdy then drops a bombshell that he goes, oh, yeah, this guy, his name is Shades. Because he wears Shades. sunglasses. Which, it sounds like the lamest G.I. Joe character ever. <laughs> What's your special talent? Sunglasses. I wear sunglasses. Which, this girl's just a regular person who goes every morning to play Frisbee with a guy that has an earpiece in and a machine gun strapped around him. Like, he doesn't want to just, you want to play Frisbee? Yeah, she doesn't think that something nefarious could be going on. Uh, he, he, I mean, he's just that good at Frisbee that she just doesn't care. Or she's just that lonely, I guess. We then get some uh, Rowdy Donna topless kissing part two. And, and Rowdy says, you know. I don't want to control your life. All I want to do is suck the polish right off your toes. Oh, God. <laughs> and... Yeah, and then Nunchuck Girl then decides to enter the movie we're in and <laughs> interrogate Edie. She's, she's, she's the muscle for Seth. Yeah, she she jumps from uh, Monster Vision to Up All Night. That's what she. <laughs> yes. That's what it seems to happen. And right as we, we think she's going to, like, abuse Edie, we get... Ah! <laughs> ah! Oh! <laughs> yes. <laughs> and, okay, this is the closest thing we get to a full-on sex scene in the movie <laughs> by, by by way of positioning of the actors. Yeah, it, it's um. Uh, I, what she's either Donna is either blowing Rowdy. Or giving him a nice tit job. There's there's no way anything is happening because he is just sitting in a chair. I mean, they're both <laughs> naked, but she isn't moving at all. She's just, like, kneeling in front of him. Yes. Like, it, he's... Oh. <laughs> yeah. He is, he is, like, grunting and moaning louder than, I think, any porn that I've ever seen. <laughs> Like I, uh, I'm not sure he's enjoying him. So it's like maybe it hurts. Like yeah, is she putting like a nail in his urethra. Like <laughs> what is going on in this scene? Or maybe is that it, maybe that's just calling card from his soap operas. I don't know. <laughs> he's the ah guy, <laughs> but she really is just like not doing anything. So he must have like just like a like the most sensitive penis in the world to derive any pleasure from what's happening. And he's loud, too, because Jade and Taryn can hear him because they're in the house. And then the hangar, which is like outside and down the way, which I thought the hangar was somewhere else until the intruder scene. Oh, no, it's in their backyard. And why not? And why not? But yeah, they're they're sitting laughing about it. But those two don't have sex at all. That does seem like they're, this would be the scene where they do something. Yeah, You're right. They're loyal to Triple J and Edie, apparently. Well, I'd much much rather be with Edie anyway. I can't I can't blame him for that. They should really be concerned for his safety because it doesn't sound like he's <laughs> he's enjoying it. Ah. 
She's raw dogging him or something. I don't know what's going on. They, they, getting the hamburger ticket. They finish up and Donna says, So tell me. What do you feel? One man's dream is another man's lunch. You son of a bitch. Bitch. <laughs> <laughs> what I know. the fuck does you that son even of a mean? bitch. Like, these two lines of dialogue have nothing to do with the other. Like, how is your reaction, you son of a bitch? Because his line doesn't make any damn sense to what's happening in the scene. Oh, my God. One man's dream is another man's Jimmy John's. <laughs> that would make more sense. Like, maybe? I don't, I don't know. The fact she, it must be bad because she's like, you son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> When that happened, I looked over at Matt and I said, that is poetry. <laughs> you guys remember Mr. It, Chang? I, rem I remember Mr. Chang. The guy from the boat, he's back. He's back now. Him and Seth got something going on. Chang is not happy. That's what I got. They, they have an operation. Chang's mad. Yeah, like he, I guess he's mad about the diamonds. I guess again, it's another one, one of those scenes where it's it's exposition, and you, you just don't care. You're like, just just get to the action. I don't care what's happening in your movie. Just blow something up. The good guys gear on up, and Rowdy he shows up on the beach, and he, he catches up to run with a frisbee girl, Colleen. <laughs> she, it's not he important. just runs and, with her. Yeah, he just gets. He, Mind he if runs I run with, with you? This is part of his elaborate, <laughs> elaborate plan. And uh, that's what they teach you at the agency, befriending people immediately. Shades, shades. He then tells him to take off. But then the guys have they have a frisbee toss dick measuring contest. <laughs> yeah, because Rowdy carries a, a frisbee bag with him. And then the guy shades uh, goes to take off his gun because uh, the tossing's getting serious. Oh. Uh, Rowdy tr tells the woman to scram. He shows he a gun. Yeah, he's like, seriously, get out of here. Like, whoa, like, you're it our hero, and you threaten this woman that just wants to play frisbee hey, with a hey, gun. He, he plays nice, so he makes her, he goes, Hey, Colleen. Got a great ass. So do you, Pilgrim. <laughs> yeah. He's like, wait a minute, I haven't said anything sexist in a minute. Ah. <laughs> <sighs> But then, and then she said, "Then she says, you too. Like, okay, everything's fine.' Yeah, but didn't because she say like Hawaii, you too, pilgrim or something? Yeah, you too, pilgrim. Yeah, yeah. Because everyone in this movie is like, like, hey, slick, hey, Captain, hey, Honcho. Like, it's ah, God. <laughs> Dialogue Rowdy consultant John Wayne. <laughs> <laughs> Rowdy uh, pulls a fast one. He switches the frisbee with one lined with like razors and not like yeah. like line with like he had to poke in every one of those with little razors like little yeah. box cutter razors yeah i i'm no uh, master when it comes to aerodynamics i'm not sure that would fly <laughs> oh it does fly and it goes straight through and cuts off fingers and hits shades in the neck this is the infamous frisbee scene and it's like this is one of the ones that's youtubed and it's like if you see one part of this movie, make it the Frisbee scene. Yes, it's amazing. <laughs> Not only it cuts... includes one of the best characters in the movie, Shades. 
but his death is unreal. <laughs> yeah, because like, the Frisbee that just has like razors that you'd get, you know, from like a pharmacy, like it <laughs> it cuts through his entire, like his, his hand. It cuts through flesh and bone and still has enough velocity to get lodged into his neck. We then, so Rowdy tells him, we got shades. Everybody comes in. Donna flies in some like weird car thing that flies. Yeah, that's the wacky vehicle. It's which, like a like a glider with a motor. Which, yeah, she also decides to drop noise grenades. Is what they say, which is basically just throwing grenades. Yeah, they pull up our, our heroes, like everyone from the agency that isn't Edie and Donna, pull up in the Jeep. And this is where uh, Jade has got his hair done up in a bun. Okay. And Which... he's, he's, he's standing in the back with the rocket launcher. And like Matt and I, we just, <laughs> we laughed so, like, I think I laughed the hardest at this point because the whole movie's been preposterous. But there was just something about them, like, like how powerful was Shades that they had to be so sneaky about taking him out when they just drive up and announce they're there right after. (laughs) (laughs) They're throwing grenades out of a helicopter while driving up and starting to shoot at the front porch. Like, what was? Why did they just drive by and shoot Shades? Like, short of like riding up with a bullhorn and yelling, "Prepare to be murdered." That's the only other way they could have been, like, less quiet. <laughs> yeah. And then they, they get, after they take out the guy at the front door, Jade goes in, and there's some karate guy there, and he's like, you know what? I'm going to fight some, I'm going to do some karate shit. So here, take the take the bazooka, and uh, rather than just kill this guy here and move on, I'm going to dick around for a while. <laughs> Another dick measuring contest, but with karate this time. Yeah, which uh, he gets his beads taken off. His mother gave him those beads. Taryn also, during this time, kills uh, Michelle slash Michael, like, brutally. Just shoots her up, him up. Yeah, so you got, like, a, yeah, it's the second most violent. Well, no, there's so many violent deaths in this movie, it's impossible to rate them. Because Rowdy finds Edie, and there's some guy in there, and he just shoots a bazooka at him. (laughs) Shoots, like, shoots him through the window, and then he blows up. Through the window, yes. Because I was like, oh, shit, you might hit Edie. The bazooka blast. Well, it's the only way that he, it's the only way he can shoot. You can't shoot a gun. It's the only way he can hit a target. But uh, yeah, Rowdy can't rescue Edie. Jade does. And he says, Wait a minute. This is sensational. Kinky sex. I'll go get the midgets and the whips. And they make out. <laughs> yeah, he's rescuing a kidnapping victim. And he's Who's making been a beaten joke. and tortured. He's yeah, and tortured. Who knows what they did to her? But she, she, it's... she's all about it. She makes out. <laughs> Was this whole thing maybe just some kind of elaborate role playing between Edie and Jade? Is that what's going on here? <laughs> that might be it. Uh, the Donna chases uh fat guy to the helicopter. She's got nunchucks while doing so, or she beat up a guy with nunchucks. I. Th- I think uh, this is like the scene where she just throws the nunchucks at him, right? She throws the nunchucks. Uh, the fat guy gets on the helicopter, and then Rowdy tosses her the bazooka, and boom! They blow up the helicopter, and Taryn says, it's gnarly. <sighs> so I, I'm t- I take it Donna then said, hey, I got to get my flying car back. <laughs> because the Jeep's out of commission due to two bullet holes, and... 
you know, they have that bright idea because Jade and Rowdy only take a vehicle for one ride. They take the molester van. And in one of the best scenes of the movie, they're driving back. And uh, Edie's like, so who took out Seth? And they all have, like, the... <gasps> and the, and the, the, the van stops cold. Yeah, the van stops cold. And on the back of the van, Rowdy on a, a dirt bike. He explodes out the back. Yeah. The back of a van. Oh, a van. Wait, yeah. We yeah. forgot the whole fucking reason we went there. <laughs> we murdered all those people just we, we forgot we forgot the main murder victim oh my god and it's so funny like it's clear there's not enough room in this van for all what five of them and a dirt bike and rowdy they have left his left at daytime but we cut to nighttime where donna is at home freshing up and seth confronts her and she hides in the closet which she has a harpoon gun in i'm trying to think doesn't he like does she stab him first? Because Seth, <laughs> Seth has the most like drawn out like death scene that I maybe ever have seen. Yes. Oh, yeah. he goes totally Cape Fear. Yeah. In this next like five minutes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, true. Yeah, uh, but he gets hit in the heart with a harpoon gun. Well, she loads the harpoon gun, hits him with it, and then beats the crap out of him. And he's on the ground. Donna says, you know what? I'm just going to leave him there. I need to go ice my tits. Because she, <laughs> yes. she goes to the freezer and just grabs ice and starts rubbing her chest with ice. But she's not. he gets up behind her, but she's not fooled. She knows he's coming. Well, I love that Like every time that Seth gets up, there's like a music sting, too. And he fights her and you know, forces him to stab himself with a knife, I think. Because she grabs, and she gets cut too because she grabs the knife's blade. Right, yes. Sends her to the bathroom to clean her wounded hand. And then she decides to flush the toilet. An explosion happens and the snake emerges (laughs) from the toilet. But not just that. (laughs) It's so funny. (laughs) Because... (laughs) <laughs> the, the snake doesn't do anything until she flushes the toilets, and then so it, it shoots out like it's some like kung fu movie, like because like, like 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 light and smoke like erupt from the toilet. It's made yeah, like smoke. There's a strobe light. There's a light. There's different like colored light, like a light ball from a, a disco or something. It's just yeah, and the snake doesn't just shoot out of the toilet. It destroys the toilet as it's shooting. Out. Yes. It's awesome. I guess. Yeah. It, like, was the snake waiting there? Like, why was it like, like, when she flushed the toilet? It's like, okay, now I'll do this. And Seth also rises and he decides to go to the bathroom, but he gets bitten by the snake. In Don- the face. Yeah, in the, the face. Of his face. And Donna shoots the snake a couple times. Rowdy then, instead of like pulling up, Rowdy in the meantime, we had Donna at night with the Seth thing. And we did the last cut, time cut that we Rowdy. Saw- we cut Rowdy. We cut to Rowdy in the middle of it at daytime driving to her. Yes. Did you notice that? Yes. And then cut back to night there. But he, instead of pulling up, getting off the bike, and running in, he blasts through her wall. He has no idea what's been going on in the house. <laughs> he doesn't know Seth is there. He doesn't know there's a snake exploded out of the toilet. He's assuming Seth is there. But he destroys her wall. Destroys her wall, but she could have been standing right by. (laughs) Apparently, dirt bikes are made of uh, adamantium. How the hell did it break through a a dirt bike? Break through the wall of a house. And don't worry about the cancer-poisonous snake. He has a bazooka to blow its head off. (laughs) Just the head. 
yeah, th- this thing that we we've seen blow up a <laughs> uh, blow up a, a blow up doll, you know, with an, an enormous comical explosion. It only blows up the head of this toxic snake. I guess like the missiles were tired. Because they've been used so much. Well, they're I, indoors. I don't know. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. They're indoors. He's using the indoor missiles. Oh, he, he had different <laughs> settings. Indoor missiles, which he has a ton of. <laughs> Who doesn't use those as often? Okay, but we're not done, even though I thought we were, because everyone's in a limo. Like, isn't Triple J in the limo, too? Yeah, apparently they picked him up. They picked him up. Everybody's hanging out in nice clothes. And they go, one more stop on this tour. And apparently it's uh, Mr. Chang's business. Where yeah, it's it's like, just Donna and Rowdy get out. Yeah, like, we'll handle this. Like, okay. Well, technically they, they, they do. Uh, they, they go to the penthouse to meet Chang. And there's a bunch of exposition Rowdy delivers about what's going to happen when they get up there. Like, okay, there's this character we haven't met yet that's the bodyguard. Yeah. And uh, this is what's going to happen with him pretty much does but but at this time you've just seen a man you've seen a snake blow through a toilet a man explode through a wall and shoot a missile at the snake you're like this movie's over why are we still watching this (laughs) because we forgot about mr chang like i honestly did if they would have put credits up there i wouldn't even i've been like it would have been maybe days later i'm like oh yeah what happened with chang yeah, but you would have said, oh, well, whatever. Whatever. So Donna hands Rowdy the nunchucks, and he just beats the shit out of the bodyguard. Yeah, she, but she doesn't like, you know, you've seen how nunchucks are used. You swing them around and stuff. She holds both of the, um, I don't know what you'd call them, handles uh, of the nunchucks and hits him that way. Like, the nunchucks are never used like nunchucks, except for the scene with the, the, the woman, the oiled-up woman swinging yeah. around. Who isn't? Who is not attacking anyone? Anytime they're used to attack people, it's the most stupid. It's, it's like if an alien were given nunchucks and told, "This is a weapon." That's how they would use them. <laughs> they have Chang cornered. They draw on him, and they tell him, "You know, you're you're stuck here." He gets a he has a sword, mind you. He pulls out, and they tell him, "You know, you better surrender." And he's like, "In a pig's ass." He throws the sword and Donna <laughs> fires and he hits and it hits him. That's not enough because he crashes and falls out the window from the penthouse of a tall building. Yeah. It's like, okay, well, good, I guess. I guess yeah, it was bad, right? That's how he dies. Then everybody celebrates on the yacht. I mean, are they telling this story to Triple J, do you think? <laughs> is that what this whole thing is? It's just a story. <laughs> He's like interested. Well, well, no, this one time when we went to state. This guy is like, no, it's not as interesting, Triple J. He's like, did I guys tell you about uh, my vitamins? Like, oh, please stop, Jay. We reminded that, oh, yeah, there's a whole other set of diamonds. Because they didn't find the diamonds, did they? They did not. <laughs> and that's the least. They, they don't give a shit about this drug lord, about yeah. this murdered people. Like, oh, man, we've got our damn diamonds, you know? And these are, like, people that work for the government or an agency. Do they even know that Seth and Mr. Chang or whatever the crap his name was, they had anything to do with drugs? Did they did they know that at all? No, Mr. They, they, Chow? They, what the hell is no, his name? They, I already forgot his name. They explained that early on in the movie. Because I thought, you know, oh, that's where we're going with this. It's never touched upon... At all again. Because when they talk about Mr. Romero, that's the first thing they bring up. And it's like, oh, okay. They're never excited. They never, yeah, they're never excited for this bust. It's just Mr. Romero. He took our friend and our diamonds. But <laughs> Taryn, you know, because she knows all these, like, legal loopholes, apparently, and stuff. 
they don't they wonder where the other diamonds are. She says she knows. Only moi knows where the diamonds are. Uh is she saying what I think she's saying? As federal agents, you're all bound by law to turn in any confiscated goods, right? That's right. I'm just a mere civilian. Since anyone who could identify the diamonds is dead, the diamonds belong to me. Can she do that? Yep, she sure can. And she can also share the wealth with her friends. A job worth doing is a job worth doing for the right price. Here, here, here. And they just like toast champagne right. on the boat. Shit, sounds right. The end. It, yeah. We yeah, and the credits play to give us the highlights of the topless kissing and and explosions. Are you meaning yes. to tell me, Brandon, that this movie fizzled? That this movie fizzled? <laughs> that this movie has a fizzling ending? Yes. <laughs> it went there. Uh, it did. It was just like, well, it's over. Thanks for thanks for watching. Uh, here's all the tits uh, from the the rest of the movie. Enjoy, and and, and then the last like piece of the credits. You know, again, it's the the crates, uh, and there's just a cute cat sitting on a crate at the end, and it's over. Meow. Yeah, yeah I think it does meow, doesn't it? It might. It might as well. <laughs> ah, ah. Now it's time for us to rate the film. As we are Cult Cinema Cavalcade, we try to keep it culty with our rating system. Uh, as goes, uh, each week we'll rate a movie on our scale of Day With Our Family, which means you are not buying a hard ticket to Hawaii, and it's definitely not paradise all the time. You're converted, which means, like Rowdy and Jade, you're kind of you kind of by the island, you go there every once in a while, you like the girls, but you're not committing too much and drink of the kool-aid you are living it up loving it and you are down for all 12 andy sedaris movies but hard tickets hawaii has a special place and you'll love it forever matt where do you rate hard ticket to hawaii it's got to be it's got to be somewhere between staying with my family and and uh converted i know that i i know that we've got to go hard one and uh, or the other uh but i like I like the campiness of it, the silliness of it. I'll come back to this movie again probably sometime just to enjoy the ridiculousness. Uh, but if if I had to make a decision, I would stay with my family. Mm, all right. Colin. Well, I'm drinking the Kool-Aid. I think this thing is amazing. It's just, it's just amazing that there's a movie where the plot just... They, they keep trying to show you what the plot is, and you're just like, no, I don't care. Shut up. Just show me boobs and explosions. And I, th this thing, it's it's like macaroni and cheese the movie. It's not good for you, but you don't care, and you you just enjoy every as much of it as you can. And it's it's an, it's amazing. It's it's an amazing film. <laughs> <laughs> After. After Cullen finishes his cup, I'm going to refill it and drink the Kool-Aid as well. I think this is one of the best bad movies there is. It's got, like, everything. If you want, like, crappy action from the 80s, just, like, not care and just laugh about and not believe. It just, it's got those things that you just can't believe happened in the movie. And it's also completely exploitative. It's got boobs, explosions, and just corny dialogue. Like, it's... It's not long either, and it moves pretty good uh, pacing-wise. There's no real lull in it because there's a, a stupid pickup line or boobs every couple seconds. It's amazing. There's I, there's scenes like, yeah, it's 
got his following with the YouTube clips. Yeah, it's it's unbelievable. It's it's really it's I think it's probably the best of Sedaris's films. There's some I haven't seen in you know a long time. Some I ha- some I just flat out haven't seen yet. I'll fix that. Savage Beach <laughs> is one I'm I'm always been kind of partial to, but this is this is better than that. But yeah, this is this is gold right here for me. It's just Citizen Kane. It's a Citizen Kane. Yeah, you got it. You got to see it. If you're into these movies, if you like the movies we talk about on our podcast, this is this is a one you should watch and follow along. It's it's been a classic for like so many years in its campiness and cheesiness. I mean, so, so back in the day, somebody probably watched this. Uh, you know, I need to see some boobs type film. No, if 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 thirteen uh, year old Cullen saw this movie, he would just be so like, this is the most amazing thing I've ever seen. <laughs> definitely this was a movie that we had at the beginning it was like we're doing hard ticket to YA on this show that's guaranteed it's locked it was on the list and now we've done it we'll probably visit some other Sedaris movies maybe throughout the, the lifetime of this podcast we'll get through all 12 maybe I think there's a couple of rough ones though but we'll, we'll see we'll figure it out we will definitely revisit Andy Sedaris ah, ah. on the next episode of cult cinema cavalcade We'll be discussing Savage Streets from 1984. Our episode drops the same week as B-movie goddess Linda Blair's birthday, so we'll be celebrating it with one of her best. You son of a bitch. You son of a bitch. (laughs) Our episode has come to an end. Big thanks to Matt Pelzer for dropping in with us. It's been great. Thank you, guys. I really appreciate it. It's been, uh, and to do it with this movie uh, was a real honor. We were, we were holding it, I think, early on. I told Colin, Matt Pelser guest spot, hard ticket to Hawaii. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, when I told Matt, uh, when I asked him to be on this episode, his eyes got huge. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate it, guys. No problem. And you can find Matt on A Touch of Crass, which is a touchofcrass.net. And you can also check out his uh, extremely awesome voiceover work at mattpelservoiceovers.com or hire him. Hire you him can do that. that. That would be nice. It's <laughs> the best option. <laughs> I'd also like to thank you for streaming or downloading in. You son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> we look forward to next time. But first, stay tuned for the trailer to next week's film, Savage Streets. The trailer. That actually trails. It started off as an innocent prank that erupted in savage violence. I'm gonna kill him! I'm gonna kill him! Look at that, Jake, huh? <laughs> you think she had fun when she filled her car with garbage, huh? <laughs> Shut up, Red. What are you gonna do about it? Oh, my God. Sorry about your sister, Brenda. The police are doing everything they can.
But she shouldn't have been there in the first place. Charlene, I, I love her so much. What am I going to do if Heather dies? We'll meet you guys at the top. You sure you're not going to hurt her, right, Jake? Isn't that what I said? Brenda, you can't take the whole world on by yourself. You don't know anything. Justice for one, justice for all. You get what you give when you broke the law. For God's sake, it wasn't my fault. Hey, what is it? Wait a minute, man. I don't like it. Something's weird. What's the matter, boy? Lose your nerve? What a shame. <laughs> We're gonna play a little game, baby. Hey, Red! Red! Oh, yeah. She came loaded for bear. No! No! Oh, my. I missed. And I did so want to see you bleed to death. You pay for your crime. Your judgment will stand. My back's to the wall. Brenda. Brenda, baby. Ah! Linda Blair in Savage Streets, where the only law is an eye for an eye. For listening to Cult Cinema Cavalcade, you can find more of Cullen's work on the A Touch of Crafts podcast, also found on the Dead Radio Entertainment Network, and on Twitter at my name is Cullen. You can find more of my work at whysoblue.com. My Twitter handle is at BT Peters. Our producer is Brad Shoemaker. Podcast edited by Brandon. Theme song Pink Baby by Happy Elf found on the freemusicarchive.org website. The movie in today's discussion is property of its respective studio and no infringement is intended. Please join us again in two weeks for our next episode of Cult Cinema Cavalcade.